by blaming someone else for how we feel is basically admitting that they're the only ones who have the power to change it, who have the power to fix it. So we want apologies. We want other people to do something to make us feel better. When you take off the costume society made you believe you had to wear, it's like a whole new realm of possibility opens up. And that's what I want to talk about because this is how we change our lives. This is how we change the world. This is love. This is family. This is sisterhood. My name's Jen, and this is the Love Lasting Podcast. Hello and welcome to season two, episode one. You know what's funny? I had no intention on separating this podcast into seasons. This was literally a random thing I decided when I sat down to record my last episode. I didn't think to do the whole season thing because I initially didn't even see a point and just planned to make the show episodic. But I started to feel like these internal shifts happening in me. And I didn't really feel like the same person when I started the podcast. I don't even act like the same person I was when I first started the show. So here we are, four months later, and I kind of just wanted to separate the two identities, I guess, and honor them both. In the last episode of season one, I talked about reality being the result of the residual feelings and beliefs we've brought with us into our present from our past. And so I'm just so thankful to the woman who worked her butt off to get us here. I didn't want her to get lost in transition and I wanted to just honor her with her own season so that when I look back in the future and listen to the things she said, I remember how hard she fought to get us that much closer to where we were meant to go, where we wanted to go. I wanted to remember how brave she was, how she surrendered and pushed herself through pain. She did the work that no one saw, but I did. I saw it, I lived it, I felt it. And I will be forever grateful for the person I was because it's the only reason I'm sitting here proud of where I've been, happy with where I am, and excited for where I have yet to go. We often look back to the quote-unquote bad things that have happened to us in the past, and we think things like, thank goodness that period of my life is over. Thank goodness I was able to move on. We reflect on how hard things or situations were for us. But how often do we honor the person who went through it, How often do we honor the person we were at that time? How often are we grateful for ourselves and who we were? Because essentially who you were is who got you to who you are. I look at my daughter and she is like my mini me. From what she looks like to her sass to her creativity. Like to a T she is my twin. And it made me think about the little girl that I once was. At one point in my life, I was just like her. I was just like my daughter. Excited for the doors that were going to open, the new discoveries I'd make every day. 
amazed by new things I've never seen before, amazed by pretty much anything new. It was like every day there was something new for me to learn, and that was exciting. We were all children at some point in our lives, yet, how often do we show our childhood selves love? How often do you think back and say, Man, if I wasn't as brave or as feisty or as tough or whatever you were as a child, when was the last time you looked back and realized that the little kid you once were would be so proud of who you are today? On hard days, I can find strength in thinking about my kids and how they would want me to push through whatever it is I'm going through for them, for me, for our family. When I look at my kids, I just know that I would absolutely do anything for them without hesitation. But if I'm being honest, I rarely think back to the little girl I was and I don't usually consider how she would feel if I were to give up or throw in the towel. If I were to stop seeing my worth, my potential, that would mean I stopped seeing hers too. If I were to give up, it would mean that everything that little girl did, all the dreams she had, all the fears that she conquered, if I were to give up, that would have all been for nothing. Whether you have children or not, you are a parent because there's a child inside each of us that still needs love every day and that never ends. There's a child in all of us that still exists, that still needs the love that every child needs, that still needs the support that every child seeks, that still has the dream that every child has. I get it though. Sometimes it's easier to ignore the past. My family wasn't perfect, but I had a good childhood and I didn't go through the trauma that I know some people have to go through or went through. And so I'm aware that I can't fully understand the feelings of wanting to completely delete the past from your memory. But I did hold on to the bitterness I had from experiences I went through when I was older. I'd say stuff like, I wish I hadn't wasted so many years of my life doing XYZ or wasting my time spending it with a person who hurt me, for example. I allowed myself to believe that if they hadn't done what they did or said what they had said, then those negative feelings that I carried with me for so many years wouldn't have existed. But the truth is, those were always there. Those feelings were always there, waiting for any opportunity to make their presence known. I was an angry person whether I wanted to admit it or not. And I would find ways to release my anger by waiting for something or someone to blame. It took me so long to admit that because, well, my ego. And I believed that if I admitted it was my fault, then I would be excusing any time someone hurt me and giving them permission to do it again. When in reality, all I was doing was giving myself a reason to be miserable. I heard an analogy once. I don't even remember where I heard it. But it basically described, for example, anger as an emotion that isn't necessarily created, but one that must exist already in order to make noise. And this was the analogy used to explain that concept. Imagine walking down the street holding a cup of coffee and someone isn't paying attention to where they're going and accidentally bumps into you, causing you to spill this coffee all over yourself. Whose fault is it? 
My answer was, well, obviously the person who wasn't paying attention to where they were going, because if they had been paying attention, they wouldn't have bumped into me. But is this really the case? Is this actually the case? Is the reason there is coffee spilled all over you the other person's fault for bumping into you, or is it your fault for having a coffee in your hand to begin with? What if you weren't having coffee? What if you were having water and someone bumped into you? Would it be a big deal? What if you weren't even holding anything at all? What if you didn't have a drink at all that could even spill? Would there have been any type of mess? When I first heard this, I'm not going to lie, I was thinking, this is so silly. So to avoid having coffee spilled on you, you just shouldn't drink it because people don't know how to look where they're going. But the more I thought about it, the more I started to understand What is the difference between someone who freaks out and starts yelling about how their outfit is completely ruined and someone who simply laughs it off and doesn't think it's that big of a deal? One of them has an anger inside of them that was just waiting for the opportunity to be given the stage. And so when that stage was presented, guess what happened? The other person, on the other hand, didn't have any negative feelings that were waiting to take a stage. And so when a stage was presented, the feeling that was present, the one that showed up was joy. It wasn't anger. It was happiness. So it was easy to laugh it off. What a powerful lesson for me personally, because if you know me, first of all, I'm an Aries, a fire sign. And so it's very easy for me to get really intense. And if the emotion or the feeling I'm intensifying is anger, then I'm likely trying to start fires with the intention to burn things down. And as a result, destroying things I didn't actually want to destroy. I was just mad. But I did these things thinking I was protecting myself. I had no idea that in reality, I was just causing damage, creating problems and negative feelings that didn't need to exist. So if this is you, if you are walking around with a cup full of coffee, waiting for someone to bump into you so you could release that anger you have bottled up inside, just let it go because it doesn't serve you. And I realize that it's a lot easier to say that than do it. But with practice, I promise it does get easier. Does that mean I don't have temper tantrums or blow ups? No, I'm human and it happens. But training myself, teaching myself to recognize when a behavior is going to help me or harm me has brought me so much more happiness and peace. Because in reality, we don't want to be mad. We don't want to be upset or frustrated or jealous or vengeful. And blaming other people doesn't make those emotions go away. All it does is give them power over our happiness. We are the ones who are carrying those emotions inside of us, which is why we're the ones who feel them, which is why we try to manifest them into the world by yelling or screaming or doing whatever it is we usually do when we're feeling these things. We only do it because we don't want that feeling inside of us anymore. So we express it externally thinking it's the only way to relieve ourselves of it. By blaming someone else for how we feel is basically admitting that they're the only ones who have the power to change it, 
who have the power to fix it. So we want apologies. We want other people to do something to make us feel better. We are giving them that power. Why? The truth is, only you have the power. Only we can make a feeling disappear that exists inside ourselves by changing our perspective, by changing the story, and by letting things go. Letting something go doesn't excuse the behavior. Letting something go doesn't mean you've changed your mind. It just means you understand that you needed to make room for something else, something better, something you deserve. The other day, I was scrolling my feed and I saw a random video online in which a lady has this glass of water and she says, I want you to imagine this cup as your life. And the water in it represents the good stuff life has to offer. She then proceeds to scoop in a spoon of soil, gives it a stir and says, now think of the soil as the garbage, the BS, the challenges, the struggles. Pretty much all the unwanted stuff that also inevitably shows up in life. Then she starts trying to scoop the soil out little by little using the spoon. And as I'm watching her, I feel like I'm starting to get an idea of the point she's trying to make. As she attempts to scoop the soil out, it's obvious that the water level is also starting to drop. It's going down because it's impossible to take the soil out without at the same time scooping out some water too. At this point, the video appears to almost be over and I assume that the lesson is if you focus all your energy on the bad stuff, you start to lose the good stuff too. But then in the last few seconds of the video, she says, I have a better solution. So I'm a little confused and I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe she'll use cheesecloth to straighten it out. But I wonder what the lesson in that would be. Filter your thoughts, maybe? I had no idea. So she takes this pitcher of water and starts to pour it in the glass. And you see the water start to overflow and pour out over the sides of the glass. And with it goes the soil. The more water she pours, the more positivity. Remember, the water was meant to represent positivity. So the more water she pours in, the more soil spills out until eventually it's all gone. And the water, the glass, is back to being filled with just water, clean water. In life, sometimes bad stuff happens. Sometimes we have to deal with hardships. It's inevitable for everyone. And I don't know about you, but when this happens, I go into defense. I start fiercely making sure that stuff knows it is not welcome here. And then I start to use all my energy to remove all these unwanted visitors. I'm the type of person who cannot move until my problem is solved. Even if it means I'm in bed all day racking my brain and my body feeling exhausted and paralyzed by the pressure and stress that comes with not being able to find an immediate solution. Yet, I still insist on refusing to move forward until I find a solution which is oddly something I used to be so proud of. I called myself the problem solver. But I was unaware of the fact that for every external problem I thought I was solving, by allowing myself to live in that frequency, I was gaining double, triple, quadruple the internal problems. I had no idea. Because when it comes to internal turmoil, it's so easy to miss 
because you don't see it. But boy, oh boy, do you ever feel it. The problem, however, with feeling it is that it's easier to ignore because as children, a lot of us were unintentionally taught to ignore our feelings. We were told things like, stop crying, don't raise your voice, behave, listen to me. And so we were taught to ignore and silence the alarms that go off when something is bothering us so that externally we can make ourselves look okay. So that from the outside looking in, we look fine, we're behaved. So that we look like we have everything under control and we get our good star and the pat on our back. I'd also just like to mention that I am that mom who tells her kids to behave, who tells her children to listen and be quiet and stop crying. So just to be clear, I'm not saying these things to point fingers or to shame any parents that parent their children that way. Because I have, and I still catch myself doing it sometimes. Because changing a mindset, changing a pattern, changing behaviors and habits you've had for years, that takes time. These aren't behaviors that even started with us. These are behaviors we learned from how we were parented. And our parents learned from how they were parented. Like, these patterns can go back generations. But in my family, this is where it stops. Because... I'm determined to change the game and change the trajectory for my family. Now, does this mean I never tell my kids that they need to listen or behave or be quiet? No, but it does mean I'm aware that I no longer want that pattern to continue. So I've discovered or I've learned how to catch myself. The more and more I make myself aware when I do it, the less and less it happens. And I know with practice, I'll just keep getting better and better at it. This also doesn't mean that I allow my kids to run freely, wreaking havoc wherever they go. It just means that before I react, before reacting, I take a moment to pause and I use questions, not demands. At least I try to most of the time. Because when you question someone, when you ask someone a question, it requires them to think. When you order or demand something of them, 99% of the time you'll receive a negatively charged, non-thought-out reaction. Asking my kids questions that encourage them to consider their behavior without shaming them teaches them critical thinking, compassion, and it gets them in the habit of stopping to decide how they want to respond or proceed When I ask them a question, I see that they get it. And unlike before, they don't continue screaming and trying to get my attention so they can be the first to explain why it's the other person's fault that the fight started. One day when they're older, I know my kids will listen to this episode and by then I know I'll have completely changed. But in the event that they are carrying any of the heaviness I caused when I, when I thought yelling or screaming and being unreasonably strict on them was helpful or loving or necessary, in the event that any of my kids are listening to this episode and are still carrying any of the burden I've put on them during that stage of my life, I want to make sure they know that it wasn't right, but that I did it because I thought that's what I was supposed to do as a mother. I thought that was how... I was supposed to protect them, how I was supposed to raise them properly to fit into society. 
I didn't know how to think for myself. So I always just went with what I was told or what I saw in movies, on TV, and in real life. But I know better now, and I hope they do too. I hope they know how crucial it is to listen to your own heart and to follow your own intuition, even, no, especially, especially when it seems scary. Because what's scarier is becoming someone you aren't and then living your life feeling like you don't exist. Because you don't know your own identity. You only know the one that was given to you by your surroundings. When you allow yourself to become the product of your surroundings, there's this panic that can set in when your surroundings change because you don't know how to adapt yourself to the change. Because you've built yourself to fit into certain containers or environments. You only know how to listen. So if everything is changing, but no one is telling you what to do, what you're supposed to do, it can be a really scary thing. So it's easier to fall back to our default. It's easier to just continue living the life you've always lived. The only way you even know how. Even if it means we can't move forward. Even if it means we're unhappy. I did this for years. Almost all my life, really. I'd find myself at these crossroads, desperately wanting to move forward, but I didn't know how unless someone else showed me, unless someone else pretty much pushed me over. So a lot of times I would just go back or I'd follow someone else on their path, only to end up right back at a crossroad. I found myself in this position many times in my life. I wondered why I could never gain enough courage to cross over into another court. Earlier, I mentioned how I was always playing defense, and so I was always trying to find ways to be ready. In other words, I lived in fear. I lived in fear of losing what I had when I should have been focused on what I could gain, where I could go, what I could do. I didn't know how to play offense, though. I only had the skills to try and stop anyone from scoring on me, but I didn't know how to play offense myself so I couldn't score any goals, which meant I would never get a point, which is why anytime I found myself at a crossroad, I would freeze because I didn't know what to do. Nothing was coming at me. I didn't have anything I needed to stop. I didn't know how to play offense. I didn't know how to move into another court. I only knew how to play on mine. But in life, it's more important to know how to play offense than defense. I had it the other way around. Playing offense in the game of life means taking control and actively working towards achieving your goals, taking a shot to score for your team. It's about being proactive and not waiting for opportunities to come to you, but instead creating them yourself by following your joy and listening to your heart and doing things that you love. It means learning to communicate with your team. Your team is your mind, your body, and your soul. It means having a clear strategy in place that aligns the three. Allowing yourself to only play defense is a sure way to tell that you are living with a scarcity mindset in fear of losing what you have. Convince yourself, teach yourself, and play offense and give yourself a chance to score. Prove to yourself that you can score at least once 
Because when you do that, you can be certain that there will be much more where that came from. You will be scoring nonstop after that. I know that sometimes it's so hard to keep those negative thoughts at bay. The thoughts that tell you you're not good enough or that you'll never succeed. But don't forget, those thoughts are simply roadblocks on your path to greatness. Thoughts that can be changed. When you truly believe in yourself, you start taking risks and trying new things because you know that even if you fail, you have the strength and resilience to get back up again. And as long as you continue to put one foot in front of the other, take risks and put yourself out there, even when it feels scary and uncomfortable, you will always win. That's all I've got for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and thank you so much for spending some of your valuable time with me. If you have a chance to head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts to leave a review, I would appreciate it so much because it really does help people find the show. I love you to the moon and back. All of you.